Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're talking about 1971's A Clockwork Orange, directed by Stanley Kubrick and starring Malcolm McDowell. This is Dudes on Demand Month, and this was requested by Amber. Thank you very much. It was a good choice. Yes, it was. Uh, but before we get into the movie, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, well, I watched a movie called Scandal that I wanted to see for a long time. Um, it was. It came out when I was younger, and I never got to see it. It was, and it didn't. They didn't have it on Netflix for some reason. It's one of those movies where they, where they just they don't carry. So mm-hmm. I just I bought a Korean copy of it, and finally got to watch it, and um, it was not what I expected. And <laughs> you know it. It's got a great cast, but it isn't very good. Now, is that a Korean film? It's not, uh, but like okay. it's it's an English <laughs> film. But if you like that, when you when you look at the box that I, the box it came in, it's all in Korean. Okay, yeah, which is it, you know, and I had to like when I first hit play, it came on with Korean subtitles, so I just shut those off and then yeah. watched the movie proper. Is it a bootleg? I I don't or know. Is if it legit? It's, I think it's legit because it's it looks it looks. Fairly okay on on the it looks like a regular DVD because right. like all those kanji all over it. Okay, uh, which is you know I, so I think it's a legit thing. It's just you know you, <laughs> they don't make them in America anymore. It's out of print, so probably because it sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's 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 just a, it's not a good movie. I mean, and I was I was really disappointed with it. Uh, even though there are people in it who are great and who do great, like John Hurt, uh, Ian McKellen, um, yeah. and Joanna Whaley. Uh, it's it's just yeah, it's it's not good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I watched the movie. I guess that's better than that. Okay. It's called Young Adult. Mm. I believe it's from 2011. It's directed by Jason Reitman. We we're just talking about Ivan. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, stay tuned for that in a minute, folks. <laughs> it was also written by Diablo Cody, who did Juno yeah. and several other films. They teamed Ricky up and for the, the Flash print. just yeah. came out. They've done multiple movies mm-hmm. together now. Charlize Theron is the lead. She's a YA book writer. She writes young adult novels. Right. And she herself is a young adult. So it's a double meaning there, you know. Wow, that's clever. But it's about her um, being crazy and trying to get her old high school boyfriend back and ruining her life and his life in the process. Okay. Uh, Also has Patton Oswalt in it. And Mm. he is dynamite in this movie. He's great in everything. Um, If you like the Juno-style movie, you'd probably like this movie. Okay. And it was really good. Uh, Better than Juno. So. Well, um, okay. That's that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It was better than Juno. Because I I liked Juno, but then I stopped liking it after a little while. Yeah. It's growing away from me. Yeah. And I've seen some of our other films, Diablo Cody's and... This is the best one I've seen of her stuff so far. Okay. It's good. Charlie's Theron is very dislikable in the movie. Okay. But she gives a great performance. Right. Her character's uh, not very good. You do not like her okay. as a person. Mm. But, um, yeah, great film. So cool. Check out Young Adult. Now let's talk about A Clockwork Orange, Dave. Yeah. Uh, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? All right. Uh, so the clo- A Clockwork Orange, uh, it's, it's, it's another movie that, that is so famous, so infamous. If you're a movie fan, you've seen this one a million times. But it, what it boils down to is just that uh, it's, it's, the, it's the, the near future in Britain. Uh, it, there's a fascistic government in power. And um, teenage uh, gang, like these hordes, run, run the streets. And Alex is the main character of this, and he has a gang. And... Um, well, after a lot of you know juvenile offenses, he gets finally uh, tried as an adult, and then they uh, do this new experimental procedure on him to try to solve the problem of evil. Yep. Um, and it and it's uh, it's very high minded, and we'll get into it. Um, and we've both seen this movie a ton. Yep. So I just bought it because I don't never owned it. So I oh I bought it even though it was available on Netflix. It's like I'm getting this thing. Good. I'm yeah. Finally getting this right. thing. 40th anniversary edition. Oh, okay. I got to pick Blu-ray. that up. Wow. It's nice. All right. Lots of good bonus features. Okay. 
But yeah, this movie, it was a hit, but it was also a controversy. Yes. It came out in uh, 71. The thing in the movie, they, it's called ultraviolence, is what Alex is saying all the time. A right. little bit of the old ultraviolence. Right. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it shows a lot of really graphic, violent stuff. Mainly, like, it's all kind of in the first act of the movie is all right. the terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. But there is some pretty graphic stuff later, too. Yeah. Raping, killing, murdering, beating up other gangs, and all, all to great classical music. Uh, <laughs> all to Dave this Beethoven. This movie is such an oddity. I know, you know, I know. And I don't know what it is that makes it so, it's like a timeless classic now. Well, yeah, um, it's because it, throughout the generations, um, like, for some reason, teenagers pick it up. Yeah, um, when I was in high school, everyone was wearing a Clockwork Orange T-shirts. They picked up from Hot Topic. Yeah, mm-hmm. th- th- there's pictures of Alex of Alex on on your shirt from Hot Topic, and it's that that shirt is still in the store, by the way, in 2016. Mm-hmm. And like kids go as the Droogs for Halloween. Yeah, um, and boys and girls do it. And it's it's really, I mean, the story is about a kid. Yeah, what what is he? 18? Yeah, maybe? he's, he's well, and. and I'll I'll go with like the, the the original novel. He's a, he's a teenager in the book. He's fifteen okay. years old in the book. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's about a kid who's doing these things. Yep. And I can see why you know modern youth is always finding this movie. Yeah. Because not only is the lead actor a teenager, and the story revolves around basically teenagers. Yes. It's also about corrupt government, mm-hmm. which everyone's always talking about, right. no matter what year you're in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always relevant. Yep. And um, how they're trying to control you. And I can see why all the punk rock friends I have, or had, I don't know if I could call them <laughs> punk rock friends anymore, Yeah. <laughs> being right. in our 30s now. Right. But, uh, I can see why everyone was wearing this t-shirt and talking about this movie. It, it, it does speak to disaffected youth and the whole thing of who am I. And for whatever reason, even though you're definitely not identifying with Alex and his actions, right? Th- th- there's something he's doing that is speaking to you. And much of it comes from, for me anyway, I, you, you talk about ownership of the movie. I, I did own it when I was 16. Yeah. I had a VHS. And I don't know how many times I watched it, but what kept me coming back to it, for some reason, not only the story, but the language... Yes. Um, Anthony Burgess, I I read the book after I'd seen the movie. Anthony Burgess wrote the novel. Yes. And he, in addition to being a novelist, was also a linguist. And he invented this language known as Nadsat, uh, which is used throughout the book. And Stanley Kubrick, to his eternal credit, kept it in the movie. Like, like actually, the, the script is written in, in with that language intact. He had copies of the book with him. Yeah. And just shot from the book. I mean, when you read the book, <laughs> it, it, it's so faithful, except for one controversial part, which I'll get into later. But it, it, it is like uh, th- there are differences here and there, but it is really like like a, um, a, a perfect rendition of what the novel was trying to get at. Mm-hmm. And, and you and keeping that language was so important and trusting your audience to get it and pick up. On I agree. It. Definitely that it's hypnotic. Mm-hmm. And I have to give so much credit to Malcolm McDowell's yeah, performance. Yeah. Like we've talked about all time best performances of before course. on the show. And like, I don't know if we talked about him at all, but man, this him as Alex DeLarge is <laughs> way up there as he, one of the best performances ever. It's he's Even magnetic the in this stuff movie, he's doing. I know. I can, yes. But it's him delivering these lines and how demonic this guy looks. Right. And uh, <laughs> he just seems so, like, possessed by <laughs> this idea of being a gang member and yep. being in charge of these three nobodies, you know, that are his, 
his droogs. It's Pete, <laughs> like, Georgie, and Dim, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, poor Dim. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, does Pete have any lines? Pete doesn't have any I lines. I think so. Yeah, he, he's just there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and, like... I'll, I'll just get into it now. Do it. Okay. Do like, it. The, like, well, I'll, I'll save it for a little bit later, but like Pete is in the last chapter of the novel and the whole thing with Pete's dialogue being like, I guess, I, I don't know if it was ever in the film or not, but, but like Pete plays a pivotal role in that last chapter of the novel. That's not in the movie. Right. They ended the movie differently. Yes. Um, cause in the novel, I have not read it, but from my understanding mm-hmm. is that he has salvation, I guess. Yes. He becomes a good person right. by his own choice. Right. Not because the government didn't experiment on exactly. him. Exactly. But in the film, it ends with him, the cure works, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it didn't. You're still crazy, man. <laughs> and you're still going to do what you're going to do. And that image of him having sex with that girl while, like, Victorian townspeople are applauding on a cloud yeah. is is so bizarre. I was going to ask you if you know what that was about. I don't. I, I, I think it's just one of these fantasies he has. Like, yeah. Like when he's reading the Bible. Yeah. He's fantasizing himself as the Romans. Yes. Killing Jesus. Right. Like, he, he's whipping Jesus. He's, he's completely. He, he doesn't. <laughs> whatever is the is the, the worst way you can take something. That's what he that's what he gets from it. Mm-hmm. And when he talks about ultra violence. Um, well, OK. The, the first person narration in this movie is. Other, along with train spotting, the most necessary of first-person narration. I agree, and it adds so much. And the 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 weird thing about it is that he's he's describing the action you're seeing on screen, but he's not telling you the whole story. And he's being very casual about things that that you, we shouldn't be seeing, mm-hmm. things that are horrible. And he he can be talking about something that that is totally unacceptable, but because of his wit. And his charm and the language and the language that like that and like we talked about like Malcolm McDowell in out, and in out. The, that's what the, he the, says the for old rape, in and out you know yeah exactly we, we and yeah it's a humorous phrase to say and, and the, the the times you laugh about it is when he when he's talking about the in and out when when they come upon Billy Boy and his droogs with with the, <laughs> with the the, the, the yeah. weepy young Devotchka that they have and and he he basically saves this woman from rape. Um, before raping another woman later right, on, yeah. but um, that, that's when they have the big brawl with Billy Boy um, in the derelict casino. I love that scene. I it, do too. It's like a ballet, you know. Yes, it's, it is. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's over the top, like yeah. stylized, like a, it's a total stylized like gang brawl. Yes, because they're they're hitting each other with window panes <laughs> and like people are flying through the air like like they've been launched off a catapult. I know. They're doing giant stage dives. I think one guy gets power bombed, like from <laughs> no. the top of like the balcony through like two tables. Well, well, Dim does a double bulldog, uh, like DDT yeah. on two guys. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Um, it's like Diamond Dallas Page. Yes, I. It has my favorite of Alex's uh, dialogue um, in this scene. It's it's when they first come upon Billy Boy, and I'm. This is the only time I'm in this podcast. I'm going to actually read dialogue from the okay. movie, but it's. Uh, if it isn't Billy Fat, Billy Boy, and Poison, how art thou, thou globby bottle of st- cheap, stinking chip oil? <laughs> Come and get one in the yarbles. If you got any yarbles, you eunuch jelly thou. Great language. It's wonderful. And you don't know what any of that means, but you can figure <laughs> it out. Right. With context, you know, th- yeah, you eunuch <laughs> jelly thou. I, I, I love it. You it's know, great. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful insult. And and it, it sets the tone for for let's have a brawl let let's have a gang yep. war you know, it's <laughs> it's really good stuff yeah and what's so great about it is this ultra violence it is so 
terrible. Like <laughs> these guys, it's a gang fighting each other, uh-huh. and it's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. But because of the juxtaposition of the you know classical music playing, <laughs> and just these this like funny language he's yes, saying. Yes, exactly. It's this weird foreign language we don't know anything about, but right. we can get the gist of. Right. It's just so strange that you're like you're laughing at it, but you're not laughing at it right. too. You're stuck in this weird place. I don't know why I like this. Is kind of what yeah, you're thinking. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, what is this? What is the pull that this thing has over me? I shouldn't like this, and I do. Um, I'm really enjoying this, and I'm completely hypnotized by it. And that, like, my morals tell me I shouldn't be. Exactly. You know what's going on? And maybe that's why teenagers, you know, respond to it like they do. Probably. You know, try to figure out what's going on. Right. Figure out yourself. Right. While you're at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's. Uh, it's good stuff, mm-hmm. and um, I think I mean I I hope everyone listening to this has seen this movie. If not, yeah. you really need to see it. Right? Uh, was this this was rated X when it came out? Right? Yeah, it was. Um, it was not. Yeah, it it, it yeah, not for kids. Yeah. Well, right. it's definitely not a kids movie. Right. That's mm-hmm. you know, I was watching it Friday night with my son in his room. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wouldn't fall asleep. He kept getting up. I'm like, God damn it! I'm like, pause it. <laughs> Nothing bad was happening at the time. Okay. But I'm like, good. Man, I just should have picked a different time to watch this movie because I don't want him to walk in on a rape. No, I don't want him no. to hear singing in the rain. No, and he comes in. Oh god, and a lady's dress is being cut off Jesus. her body. Ugh. Uh, yeah, don't want that to happen. And and yeah, and if there's one scene in the movie that that he absolutely must not see, it's that one. Yep. I think I mentioned on the show before that I can barely watch that scene. I, I can't watch it either. <laughs> it's tough. I, I sat there with my eyes closed on this viewing again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got through it. Okay. But um, I was we went Saturday, my son and I, mm-hmm. to his friend's house, and his friend's dad is a movie guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. He owns thousand DVDs and stuff. Okay. I said I was watching A Clockwork Orange, and he didn't know what I was talking about. Say what? I was kind of shocked. Yeah, that's that is like, shocking. Really? Yeah. Um, Does he know about other classic films or? What, or? I don't know. I was like, it's Stanley Kubrick, you know. Okay. He and he's like, I don't think I've ever heard of it. I was like, Wow. Are you serious? I showed him pictures. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, this is the box art. Like, <laughs> right? you've seen this, right? You've seen this picture you've of this seen guy, this pic- right? He's yeah. like, No. It's like, I think we should leave now. Yes, dude. I no, mean, I'm, I'm not I'm, hanging I'm, out with you. Right. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it just shocked me because we we just mentioned though, you know, if you're a movie person, you've seen this movie, yes. right? So it blew my mind. I had no clue what I was that blows my about, mind. Man. Honestly, I, 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 yeah. If if you haven't heard of this, it's not even across your 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 path. I, I, I how? What are we gonna talk about? Maybe he just watches like Transformers or something. Oh God, then that's not a movie person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can own a thousand DVDs that are just shit. Of course, shit. you can have like like the, the most mediocre collection in his. Yeah, I guess. Wow. I have the world's most mediocre movie collection. <laughs> I actually have known a guy who was the same way. Who's Orson Welles? Right. Exactly. I know <laughs> that third man. Alfred. Who? Right. Yeah. God damn. Um. Switchcock. <laughs> okay. Um, kid, I I want to talk about like actually, Alex is horrible. Okay, we we know that he's a despicable yeah, person. He, he's he's completely he should be wiped off the the planet. Yeah. You know, we we know this. He rapes, he kills, he maims, he does all. You know, like he he's he's beyond. He does help. everything on the list. Exactly, and he and he's completely unapologetic about it. But I, I guess I guess really where the conflict comes from is when we first see I guess the representative of the government, which is Inspector Deltoid. That his name's Deltoid. Yes, I've never, as many times as I've seen this, figured out what his name is. Oh, okay. <laughs> the way they're talking, I'm like, what is it, 
Delhi? It's, no, it's it's Delta. Del- I thought it was Delta. Oh, okay. For a long no, it's time. Deltoid. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. right. because yes. the fir- the first couple times. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> dude, I know. Yes. <laughs> um, that guy is so brilliant in this movie. Yeah. Um, and and he is one of the most perverted characters in cinema history. Um, because he obviously has some sexual interest in Alex. Mm-hmm. When when Alex is standing there and like the the whole thing is Alex ditches school one day, of course, and when he gets up to like, you know, go uh, have tea, uh, he finds Mr. Inspector Deltoid in his in his house. Mm-hmm. And Deltoid has him come over and sit down because he knows that like he, he knows that Alex and his droogs beat up Billy Boy and his gang the other night. Yeah. Um and He's trying to warn him, like saying, at some point you're going to, you know, come across, you're going to kill somebody and it's going to be over for you. And apparently he's been like really trying to work on Alex's case through all the juvenile hall and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this guy, the, the, the performance in this scene, if you look at it, it's continuous. Like, like it's just a two shot for about, what, five, six minutes. They use yeah, a full yeah. mag on this thing. And at one point, the two of them are laying down on the bed Mm-hmm. And Deltoid is yelling in his ear about like his own his own salvation, and then the code the, the kind of <laughs> crescendo of it, he brings gets a fist right in Alex's balls. Yep, um, that's a real hit. It oh yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. It, like Malcolm McDowell takes a bump for for this for this yeah. for this role. This and his entry into prison are my favorite scenes in the film. Yeah. I just, I just love when both. when he's getting processed. Yes, yeah. when he's processed into the prison. What's great about it is here's a man, a, a young man mm-hmm. who is totally opposed to being told what to do. Yeah, he wants utter anarchy. That's what he wants. <laughs> right. But in these scenes, he's playing it so like coy and like just yeah, like oh yes sir, yes, yes sir, right. I totally agree. Yes, like and you can you can believe him too. <laughs> Which is the thing, but the adult knows it's bullshit. Of course, you know? he's so right. He punches through him it. in the nuts. Yep. But when he's getting processed, he's just so compliant with the officers. You know, like I, I know everything he does. He's like, yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Taking off his shirt and, and bending he, over, doing he, whatever he's got. Yeah, to do. exactly. And he looks like the way Malcolm McDowell looks at you know back in 1971 is of that polite young man. That, that that's what he looks like. Well, that's why he got cast. Yes. Uh, Stanley Kubrick said he wouldn't do it unless it was him. Okay. Uh, that was his the only guy he would do the movie for. That's great. As if he was Alex. Well, um, and he, yeah, he chose wisely. Um, and mm-hmm. he, he probably had seen If from 1968. That's where he saw it. Okay. He saw yeah. him in If and said, "We that's got to be the guy. And Kubrick originally wasn't going to do this as a movie because- okay. I guess he didn't like the language, mm. which is such an odd thing. Yeah, because, that is weird. Because he didn't like the language. He didn't want to do the movie. And then I guess for some reason, he wanted to do it now and right. got Malcolm and went right from the page with yep. the language. Right. <laughs> that, that, which is, yeah, that, that is strange. I mean, like, especially because Kubrick, whenever he, he doesn't want to do something, he doesn't want to do it and he's not doing it. So. Well, he's a control freak. Right. He's one of those directors that has his hands in yep. every single inch of the movie. Yep. From... Sound editing to sure anything. He probably processed the film himself. Yes, he probably <laughs> like put it through the lab. Exactly right. Yes, <laughs> he went to Fox Photo. Right. Um, and like the 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 other, I guess the other long continuous take, um, in the movie, uh, other than the scene with, with Deltoid and Alex, and then Alex being processed. Like what I can really appreciate that even about that even more is we know what a what a perfectionist Kubrick is like. Mm-hmm. I, I know that he he made Shelley Duvall do 120 takes of that one scene in The Shining. 
So God only knows what what he, what scene. What scene? Uh, Do you know what scene? Uh, well, the oh, the, the, in the from Shining. Yeah. Uh, it was it was when she was just coming out and yelling out a window. Ah. That's all it was. Okay. It was an exterior of the hotel, and she wasn't doing it right. <laughs> Until well, she finally, like, bro- I, I, well, I, you there know, you go. I, it's Stanley Kubrick. The guy, like, we, we, we revere these people, of course. We respect everything that they do. We don't we'll probably want to hang out with them. They're probably big-time assholes. They might be. You know? They might be. I mean, I, it's entirely possible that Stanley Kubrick, his presence is probably, you know, like, completely, uh, you, you don't want him around. I've heard he's a great dude, actually. Oh, like, you have? I'm sure he's... A little bit of an asshole. Sure. All these directors right. are. Yeah. I'm sure Steven Spielberg's a pretty big douchebag sometimes, <laughs> right. you know, and he seems like the nicest man around. Yes. I would believe Steven is a, is a great is a great dude. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, um, I, I, I just from from what I've read and from what I've seen and everything, I, I know he's a he's a, a really talented filmmaker and I'm sure he's a great guy. I just when I heard these stories, I'm like, dude, well, fuck I'm you. I'm sure you don't want to hang out with him. Right. But apparently he's a great family man. Okay. Love yes. this family I, to I, death. I, I and didn't know that, that was um with this film, we're kind of just going all over right. with it because there's so much to talk about. And yeah. We just kind of randomly get these thoughts. That's fine. And we're going yeah, down that, one that, road, that's what the I different road. Do. Right. <laughs> so he pulled the film from theaters two years after its release because he was getting death threats and they were threatening his family. Mm-hmm. And so he took this movie. It's, I would say, it's his best movie. If okay. You ask me. Okay. And just took it out of theaters to protect his own family. And it wasn't shown again in the UK for like 25 years until after he died. Well, shit. Wow. Yeah, okay. because because of these death threats people were giving him. Wow. Because of how terrible the movie is and how it's it's corrupting the youth and all these crimes are happening because a Clockwork Orange is out. My God, because um, people awful. were people I... were copycatting the drugs in the movie and committing well... crimes in the UK. And every time there was a, a crime based on the movie, they call, they would call it a clockwork murder or a, there's a clockwork crime happening. Wow. It, it would suck to be Stanley Kubrick and this is happening because of your movie. Yes, of course. Um, I guess some guys did a rape in the UK. Okay. And they were singing singing in the rain while Jesus they were doing it. Jesus Christ. That is, there's you can't deny that's no. not a connection. No. I don't think movies make people crazy. Right. They're already crazy. Mm-hmm. That's a, a good line in Scream, if you want to watch that movie. Of course, yeah. <laughs> they just make psychos more creative. Sure, Skeeter Witch has, yeah. a, has a wonderful yep. rant great, at the end. There. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's why he pulled the, the film. It, it is unbelievable that this has happened. Okay, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll say this then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, st- I, I probably would differ with, with Stanley Kubrick if, if he and I were just having a conversation on a lot of things. Yeah. But I will, yes, of course, he's a wonderful filmmaker, and he's obviously a principled man. If he for if he like decided I'm not going to make any more money with this and I'm going to pull it from the theaters. I yeah, mean, that's 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 a pretty cool. Move. And it was only in the UK though. He didn't pull international stuff. And that's cool. Yeah. I mean, like he's still like you know like not taking whatever money he was going to be making in the UK. And I guess you could give Warner Brothers some credit for that too because yeah, they, they're yeah. they're the ones that decide that ultimately. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kubrick convinced them like you know my family's in danger. Right, please. Pull this movie and never show it again in the UK until I die. Wow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Intense stuff. Yeah, it is. He's an intense fellow. Well, the movie's intense, so <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, you know when Alex is finally imprisoned? Well, he's imprisoned about forty-five minutes in the movie, into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, uh, you know, like walking around. He, he's 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 been in prison for about two years until he finally hears about the Ludovico technique. Right, um, which is uh, the 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 te- the 
I guess the, the process by which they, they are going to eliminate evil and criminals. Um, and what it does pretty much essentially is they, 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 they drug the patient and then uh, pry open their eyeballs and make them watch scenes of horrific violence and rape. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it for, you know, hours and hours. And so the, the, the person is watching these films while being nauseous because of the drugs and they're associating, you know, things yeah. they're seeing with, with, with thoughts of revulsion and terror. Yep. Um, now it's a complex issue, obviously mm-hmm. this could conceivably work. I mean, in the real world, it, it, if well, you did it to somebody, it's a Pavlovian response, of course, you know, right. It, it's the, the science, I guess, is is sound in in, in many ways, um, but <laughs> luckily, <laughs> they they the, the the film understands and the book understands that this is not right. This is playing God. We shouldn't do this to people. Right. the The whole thing with that is it's taking away your free will. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yes. And he puts the voice of of like anti doing this into the mouth of the only Christian in the movie. Which is strange. It's a, it's it's yeah, a weird choice. Yeah, I like choice. that a lot. Yeah. And that's again coming up with the free will aspect yes. mm-hmm. of it. He's talking about how, I guess we're playing God now, right? Because mm-hmm. we can't let a man choose his own path. Yes. the way God wants you to. Right. We're making them take the good path. I guess you right. could say. Right. And he also says you're not curing the person. You're treating the symptoms, but yes. not the cause. Right. That's right. what you're doing here. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's it's not helping anybody. And a side effect of this is he can no longer listen to Beethoven. Yes. Probably the only good thing in his life that brings him pleasure. Right. Beethoven's Ninth Symphony is is one of his favorite pieces of music, and during um, uh, an especially bad like concentration camp footage, uh, he's watching Triumph of the Will at one point, yeah. uh, which is... You know that that's funny, uh, but but uh, but they they cut away before they get to the concentration camps, and while that's going on, they're playing a very strange rendition of Beethoven's Ninth, uh, because and like the whole thing with Beethoven's Ninth too is is that 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 particular um, I guess uh, uh, performance of it like fits in with the rest of the motif of the movie, like of of the sets and everything, which is futuristic London, but really tacky. Yeah, you know, like like really strange art design. In it this has movie. this. It, uh, I mean, it's supposed to take place in the future. Yes. But it looks like you're still kind of in the 60s. Yeah, like know? time just stopped in yeah. 1966 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's like weird furniture and yeah, like wallpaper and yeah. stuff. I, I, whatever Joe the Lodger is wearing in that scene is, is one of my favorite outfits in cinema history. Is is He's got like a <laughs> belt around a, a long sweater. <laughs> and uh, and the, the way the women look, especially the elder women, uh-huh. all they have this pastel hair uh, and, and weird jumpers they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I, I've seen that hairdo before in English english society I mean, yeah it's it's, it's in uh, one of the ladies in are you being served has that uh but like the, even even the young women are, are kind of like dressed in a very bizarre fashion and alex parades around like in his spare time when he's not <laughs> dressed as, as the the drugan leader uh-huh. he's got like a a, a a dressing gown that he wears and he mm-hmm. cocks and he's got an ascot and uh yeah, like when he's at the record store yeah exactly like, <laughs> i don't know what to make of any of this you he know looks like still. some like like feudal lord or yes, something I know. <laughs> Which is probably the desired, you know, like like vibe he's going right, for. Right, I guess it suits him. Yeah. And if you look at the other people in the record store, there's other people dressed I like know, that. I know. I it, know. It, it's it's a it's a weird world that they've created, and mm-hmm. and I I love it, of course. But I mean, um, you know, I hadn't seen this movie in in quite about five years, and there was just stuff I'd forgotten. We're like, oh my god, look at that shit. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, talking about those eye clamps. 
for no, a minute, yeah. man. Yeah, sure. Uh, Malcolm McDowell really did this. Like, they mm-hmm. really got him to have his eyes clamped open while a doctor put teardrops in his eyes to keep him moist. Yes. 15 seconds at a time. <sighs> Apparently, this shot was supposed to be a 10-minute shot. Okay. Uh, so, Al- Alex, well, Malcolm would sit in the chair for 10 minutes with his eyes unblinkable while someone put drops in your eyes for 10 minutes straight. That's incredible. And knowing Stanley Kubrick, of course. it probably took an hour yes. at least to do that. Yes, because and Malcolm's nostril flared there, too much. There's a, I, I saw something watching the supplemental material, and apparently Malcolm had a freakout. At one point. Okay. Like, in the movie, he has that big... He has a freak out in the movie, yeah. you know? It's part of his performance, but some of the stuff they used is actually his real freak out in his chair. Oh, While okay. he was really freaking out. Okay. he's in a straight jacket. Yes, he's really in a straight jacket, right. And he, at one point, starts, like, trying to get out, and one of the clips scratched his eye. Ugh. Yeah. Jesus. And he couldn't do anything about it. Just sit there and scream. <laughs> yeah. I can't, that's some... Some tough acting right yeah, there. That like, is. I That's tough duty. He didn't want to do it at first, but he got convinced by Stanley. Of course like, Well, he did. we got right. an eye doctor, and they said it's safe and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh, dude. I you mean, better be making some money. <laughs> this better not just be for artistic purposes. Yeah. yeah. God damn. And I mean, like, like when they do a close-up of that of that right eye, yeah, Oof. that clip is in there. Mm-hmm. Like, those clips are, are they prying his eye open. They show putting the metal clips under yes. his eyelids. Like, yes. I know some people have a, a very queasy stomach when it comes to eyeballs. Right. You may not like this. Because <laughs> it is, oh, you see him going in. Uh-huh. And you don't see him blinking. Nope. Ugh. I know. It's it's hard. It's, it's really hard, hard to, to watch. Get through. Yeah. Even as someone who doesn't get bothered by that as much right. as other people would, it's still, it's very bothersome. I know. Because how helpless are you and at the mercy of others? I mean, that just even goes beyond the eyeball thing, right. like just as an emotional response to something. Like, mm-hmm. You're in an, a straitjacket tied to a chair with your eyes pried open, forced to watch these violent and cruel things, and you're having drops in your eyes, like Chinese water torture in of your course. eyes. Right. For hours on end, probably. They don't show how long it, each session is, but I'm sure he's in there for hours at a time. Yeah, we're led like, to believe it's character. hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How many? Sessions does he have? They only show it a couple times. Yeah, they show and... it a couple times, but the, the the treatment takes two weeks. Okay. And Doctor Brannon at one point tells him, you know, you're gonna have, uh, you know, we're gonna do a morning and evening session. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he says you may not have to vidy two of those things, and, and you know, um, they they so they they put him through it a, a minimum twenty times, I would imagine. Yeah. And like I said before, like this is where the the conflict arises really is, is, or kind of makes you start to think about like whatever you think of, okay, some, some criminal wrongs you in some way, like really deeply wrongs you like, like, you know, uh, does something to your, 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 one of your family, you know, like, like Uh really injures them in in some vile way. Um, yeah, your, your first instinct is I want to break that guy's head. I, or, or I want him to be in jail for the rest of his life, and, mm-hmm. I, and I want him to, uh, you know, like, really suffer. I want him to, you know, we, we all make these, the, those horrible right. jokes yeah. about prison rape you and all that vengeance. stuff. Exactly. Um, and then they tell you that, uh, that they're going to do this thing to him um, to where he can't defend himself or whatever. And now, like, if you are in the right frame of mind after you've calmed down, you will start to actually maybe have some sympathy for this, for this guy who you know, did this horrible, unforgivable thing to you. Um, and, and that's where the movie, I guess, and the book, uh, too, like, asks you to really question yourself. 
right. you know. How how far would you go? How far is too far? Yes. You know? What is justice? Exactly. You know? And so this, this young man's better, but uh, there's all those side effects. Mm-hmm. And he can't even, like you said, someone tries to fight him and kill yes. him. He can't defend himself because he gets nauseous. Yep. Like at, when the bums attack him at the end. <laughs> oh, man. He can't do anything about it. Yeah. And as soon as he sees that bum, he starts to get sick because yep. he remembers how he beat him yep. in the past. And that th- that violent thought makes him nauseous. He can't even do anything. It's the <sighs> same like with the music with Beethoven. He hears that. He's, he's done. He can't even do anything. Right. And he can't even have regular sex with anybody. No. Because sex, rape, but also sex just in general has been ruined for him because he gets sick thinking about sex and violence. He yeah, exactly like like something that was that wasn't the the act of sexual uh, yeah, the act of sex is not right. evil but even, but to him it is. Right, now. like even yeah. a consensual situation, yes. say he falls in love or something gets married, right. like mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to do that maybe after time, but I I don't know how long the treatment stays right. effective. Right. But they've ruined his life and where where do you draw the line? Is that true justice for him? Right. Is that what he deserves, or maybe it's better if he's just in that prison for the rest of his life? It's, I mean, like, yeah, the, the, these are the questions you have to ask yourself, and like, 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 God help you if you think that this treatment was the thing to do to somebody, you know? I, I mean, um, like, rendering them completely unable to to even like function in life is, is that fair? Mm-hmm. Because they raped your wife, right? Um, Let's... I, it's it's a tough question to answer, but you know. I would prefer to keep someone locked in a room, play Beethoven at him really loud, like, okay. like, uh, like the one guy does in the movie, like Frank does. Yep, Frank <laughs> and Darth Vader. Yeah, <laughs> no, shit. We, we mentioned David Prowse yeah. on the on the Empire Strikes Back episode. He's the bodybuilder in this movie, <laughs> walking around that tight little speedo. Oh and... man, he's wearing pink hot pants, and and he lifts <laughs> and weights in the top. corner. <laughs> It's where his wife's couch used to be. Exactly. So what happened now? Is that his caretaker? Yeah, is that that's his, his lover. That's or, his body. Okay. Yeah, it's not his lover. Okay. I, I don't. Yeah, it's it's just this guy who who is there because um you know his house was attacked at one time. So what what do you do in that situation? Yeah. You hire Darth Vader to come <laughs> and lift weights in the in in the corner. In the corner. Right. <laughs> The reason I was thinking maybe it's his lover is just because of how skimpy he's dressed, and well, I, I, maybe that's just what—that's the style, I guess. I guess that would, maybe, maybe well, the style. Bodybuilders always I wore mean, that stuff. You yeah, he's—he's he's wearing posing trunks, I guess. But like, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe he is eye candy for Frank. I, I don't, but I don't think he's actually like like servicing Frank in yeah. that way. Yeah, I don't think he can. So yeah, maybe maybe, maybe Vader just dances for him a little bit. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Darth Vader's stripping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, and he, he shows up, of course, like this is Alex shows back up at Frank, uh, Frank Alexander's house. Frank Alexander and his wife were, were attacked by Alex and the Droogs earlier That's in the That's the film. singing in the rain yes. scene. We didn't even talk about that. Oh, we don't God. need to. Yeah, we exactly. Don't Cause to. it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but he, he shows back up after he's been like gone through this, through this treatment and Frank recognizes him eventually. Um, recognizes that this he is the guy. He hears him. Yes. Singing. Hears him singing, singing in the rain. Singing in the rain in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, and he decides to use him as to use Alex as a pawn in overthrowing this this corrupt government. Right. Um, so he brings in these two conspirators who like pose as media members and they, you know, drug Alex some more and uh, eventually get him to try to kill himself with this Beethoven music. I love this scene when he's eating the spaghetti. Yeah. And I 
don't remember exactly what he says, but he's talking about how it makes him feel when he gets sick. And he says, like, I just have the feeling that something terrible is going to happen to me. And then he blanks out and face plants the spaghetti. Yep. Great. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> and then he wakes up tied in a room. I don't know if he's tied. He's, he's not just tied up. Floor, he's, just, he's, on the, he's on this bed and, you know. He's mentioned he can't listen to the ninth right. anymore. So they have two gigantic speakers facing up towards the room. <laughs> they got like Marshall just stacks. Blast in them. Right. Yeah, it's like Led Zeppelin came <laughs> over. <laughs> Some sweet vengeance for Frank there. Uh-huh. Um, and what are they planning on doing with him here? Because he just jumps out the window, tries to kill himself. Yeah, well, I mean, what, what they're, what, I guess the, they really don't have like you mean like disposal of the body. Or, yeah, no, or... I mean, what what's Frank's end game here now that he knows this and he's torturing him? He wants to well, if if he can prove that that, that this happened, like like that, that Alex killed himself based because of this treatment he was going through. Yeah, um, then they will have like ah, good you know that, fodder that to overthrow the government. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Alex survives. He does not snuff it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and he, then the Minister you know, of Intelligence comes and yeah. uh, tries to wipe his hands clean so yes. he can't get in trouble for anything. And right. They cut some deal. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Alex is back to normal, I guess. And in in a whole in in, in a in a long movie of of Malcolm McDowell giving like the performance of a lifetime and making you both hate and love him. I don't love him any more than I do in this scene because he's standing up to a corrupt government while also like allowing himself to be a tool of it. Uh-huh. And his just physical mannerisms with the Yeah, he's he's being like, fed by oh, the by the minister. Oh man, and he is the most obnoxious little pup. I mean, yeah. oh you, you want to slap the taste out of this kid's well, mouth. He knows that this uh-huh. the minister of intelligence needs him. Yes. So he's just sitting there. Oh yeah, I got you in my pocket now. Feed me more. Yeah, opens his mouth. Oh yeah, at one point smack. he just full yeah. on opens the mouth like like hey, don't forget about that piece of steak, you know. Yeah, I forget the line that the minister says, but it's basically the point. Yeah, he's like, we need you, or basically, uh-huh. or, could you do that for us? And he just goes, <laughs> opens his mouth for some food. Doesn't even say yes or no. Yes, yes. <laughs> So good, yeah, and and it's so Malcolm McDowell rascal, you know, mm-hmm. rogue. I mean, he, yeah. he's like like what what he was what he was doing back then was this was this type of performance where, where you 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 can't help but love him, but you also just want to strangle the hell out of this dude. You know, he's an evil Luke Skywalker. He I is mean, completely yeah. yes. He's just this innocent kid uh-huh. that uh, is so adorable and <laughs> extremely smart. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. But he's a little shit, and he's evil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's he's completely, um, like irredeemably evil. You know, th- throughout the whole thing, and um, and his cure is becoming evil again. Yeah. And and that's that's the triumphant moment of the film. Is is you know his free will is restored, and he's now back to probably going around with with. Well, we know in the, from the book that he has new droogs and he gets to do this again. And ah, okay. yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> okay. uh, it, it's something else, you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good movie. Oh yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap things up? Well, um, I I think that that when, when we talked about uh, like out Al, like Malcolm McDowell really you know kind of going for it with uh with with letting himself be be put in a straitjacket and have his eyes propped open that wasn't the only kind of like physical trial he had to go through in the movie oh no no uh there was plenty of other stuff including the scene when when George Georgie and Dim are cops and they beat him up and they they have him 
they're dunking his head in the, in into this trough while they beat him with nightsticks. Yeah. And Malcolm McDowell is underneath the water for about 25 seconds. It's a single shot, and I think it's more than a minute, actually. Is it? It's, okay. It's a, it's a long time. It's long. It and feels I, forever. I believe they did like 25 takes of that. Jesus Christ. And they're, they're oh, out. God. They're in the UK. Yes. I don't know what time of the year it is, but it's cold up there. It's on the and, moors, uh, man. You know, yeah, of course. He's in the mud. Yeah. He's wet. Uh, he's not wearing coat or anything. And he's being dunked in this pig trough. Oh, my God. For holding his breath for God knows how long. 25 separate times. I mean, he, this is a, a grueling shoot. This is why I... Okay, everybody, I know that, that I said some bad things about Stanley Kubrick earlier. Don't, don't mistake me. This man is, a, is one of the best filmmakers who ever lived. Oh, yeah, I don't but think, this kind of stuff really pisses me off. I don't think... 25 takes of this yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah? You, know, you don't need 25 no, takes. No, you don't. Let, let, if you don't get it in the first three, then let's try something else. Honestly. Mm-hmm. You know... Uh, I don't. It doesn't. Uh, That's who what they did with the singing in the rain scene. Uh, mm. That wasn't written that way. Oh yeah. Uh, it was improv. Yes. By Al, or Mal- Malcolm McDowell. Right. And then um, I, one of the producers on set is like, "You can't film this. We don't have the rights to this. Like, right. You can't do it." And Kubrick's just like, "We'll get him." Right. <laughs> 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 Let's tarnish Gene Kelly's yes. memory forever. Oh my god. <laughs> and I mean, like, like when, when the end credits come on, it's Gene Kelly's yeah. you know, famous, more famous it's rendition. Great. Um, and he couldn't have been thrilled with that, but, no. <laughs> um, and the only other thing really I wanted to just touch on was just Malcolm McDowell in general. Um, if, of, of course, everybody has seen a clockwork orange, but the other things you have to check out are all the stuff he did in the, in the late sixties and early seventies. Um, the, the Mick Travis trilogy as it's known, um, is if Oh lucky man and Britannia hospital, um, uh, Britannia okay. hospital came about 10 years later. Uh, these three movies that were uh, like, it's it's the, the Mick Travis is the character that that Malcolm is playing in the films. Um, oh, Lucky Man is one of my favorite movies of all time, um, and it, it like like as good as Malcolm is in A Clockwork Orange, he's doing even better work there. Um, he's he's Alexander Delarge mm-hmm. just cranked up, you know, like like, uh, and he's not doing evil things. I'm just I'm just saying, like, right, he's, like he's a talent. Exactly, he is. Whatever you love about Malcolm, you're gonna you're gonna just really soak it in with, with that one, and if as well, and Britannia Hospital, really everything. I like Malcolm McDowell. I just do. Yeah, he's great. He's 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 awesome. I, hell, watch Caligula. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, that's your your cup of tea. There. Exactly. Go, for that. Go to your local porno store and rent and rent he's Caligula. Still good. Yep, <laughs> it's still Malcolm McDowell. You're you're gonna be fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess that's it then. Are you good, Dave? I think I'm okay. good. Yeah. Uh, would you recommend this movie? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would recommend you, you see a clockwork orange, uh, Stanley Kubrick's, uh, masterpiece from 1971. I would too. Um, or transformers. One of the two. <laughs> One do, of them. Do a twofer. <laughs> do Just do get a, them both. You that's know? a double feature. That's right. <laughs> a perfect double feature, God. man. Oh man. We get to, we, let's do clockwork Megan first. Fox. It almost reaches uh, Malcolm's level. She could. I mean, I, I bet there's plenty of Megan Fox cosplay as one of the Droogs. I mean, it, hey, it, I'd go for that. Well, I I would be fine with that too, but not not two and a half hours. She's of wearing Michael that Bay cod film. piece. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, definitely watch this movie if yeah. you haven't seen it, and if you have seen it, watch it again, man. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And commit the nod sot to memory. Um and. You know, like, 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 really try to understand it, and and you know, like, if you really want to piss people off, you mm-hmm. know, like, 
don't do it when you're my age. Uh, but if you're if you're a teenager <laughs> listening to, to to this right now, uh, start sprinkling it in in everyday conversation. Yeah, just throw yarbles out there. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yarblockos and yeah, uh, the pain in the Gulliver. That's right. Chain yeah. Nodja Britfa. You know, <laughs> like yeah, Petitza. Yeah. You know, like t- talk about how your dad's a hardened prostudnik. Whatever you want to do. That's that's a lot to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that wraps up the show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our show in iTunes. We say it every week, but it is important. We just got a great review in there, so yeah. thanks for leaving that review. I think it was like Tall T13. I forget who the name was. <laughs> Tall T. Thank you out there. Yeah. Um, so that's really nice. Everybody, please rate it and review it and share it. It. Uh, we, we love it. It's, it's awesome. Um, if you don't listen on iTunes, just do it anywhere you get the show. Yep. You know, or, and you can go to dudesonmovies.com, and we have all our info there. Yep. Uh, we are also on Facebook, um, and we're really active on Facebook with like you know just just the, the podcast itself, but also giving you kind of like just bonus material about the movies. Yeah, it's a little supplemental stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Try to give you interesting links to. Yeah. You know, we were doing Twitter also, but. We don't like Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I know. it's too much of a hassle. Exactly. The Facebook thing is cool because we can just post like a link to something we found that's really cool. Uh-huh. And we want to share it with you guys. Right. And if you like it, you, you talk about it and we can do some interaction. That's but, right. Uh, Twitter, just, yeah. Fuck it. Exactly. <laughs> when, when, when Scott asked me, is it okay to not do Twitter? I, I, because I'm an old man, I said, yeah, of course it's, <laughs> yeah, let's not do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I still do my personal Twitter a little bit, uh-huh. but, um. Right. I barely do that. So exactly. I don't want to do two Twiters. You know? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> Double twit, dude. Right. So, yeah, check out Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, and, and we also have the email address. At mm-hmm. g- uh, it's uh, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Just drop us a line about movies. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so it's Dudes on Demand, like we said. And I gave a hint earlier about Ivan Reitman. Yeah. So next week's episode is a recommendation from Eric in St. Louis. Thank you for the recommendation. We're doing Twins from 1988 starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. (laughs) So stick around for that. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) I watched this movie so much as a kid, dude. I'll talk about it on the episode. Okay, that's cool. All right, cool. So I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 